Hello! You're listening to the Choose to Think podcast. This episode is my first one ever, and I'm super excited to get this off the ground. Months of research and script writing have taken place, and you'll never know just how much I've appreciated all my cheerleaders along the way. Thank you so much. I am so glad you're here. What's in store? Well, The weekly show is designed to help you discover personal and practical applications from the Psalms, as well as to allow you to listen into conversations with local shining stars and entrepreneurs. Each month, we will explore what they're saying about the impact gratitude has on their personal and professional lives, as well as how they've overcome self-limiting and toxic thinking. I'm Victoria Walker, a 21st century Christian woman trying to do life God's way, Come with me to put the feet on your faith. Today, we're going to choose to think. If you want to start a podcast, you're going to have to have a great mic. I'm using the Blue Snowball Ice USB mic for all my podcast recordings. Get yours today on Amazon. In the year ahead, we are going to examine quite a few of the most popular and heavily researched psalms, starting today with the number one ranked, you guessed it, Psalm 23. Now, what do I mean by examine? Well, I will bring to you rich and relevant content from each psalm with real-life practical applications for your life. I am committed to dig deeply into the scripture, analyze the text, the culture, and history. I am a language and grammar nerd. Exegesis is so fun to me. But here's the pivot point. I will work behind the scenes and then expose the passage to you, or basically translate it, into ways it can positively impact you in your life. God's Word is designed to reprove, rebuke, and exhort us Christians. Although that sounds a bit stern, remember God is ever so patient and loving with His children. Each week, I will then encourage you to take three specific steps in your journey to bring you closer to the heart of God and His will for your life based on the target scripture passage. Let's face it, life is downright hard. We are bombarded on every side with media, to-do lists, work stressors, family obligations, and this list could go on. In this 21st century, there's little room for respite, vacations, time off, and do-nothingness. We are on call 24-7. We wear many hats, sibling, parent, son, or daughter, friend, colleague. We bust it, we grind, we hustle. Talk about a rat race. Well, biblical scripture is powerful. But often there's a disconnect between the scripture itself and its practical application for us in this 21st century. One of my favorite questions to ask fellow believers is this. What difference does what you are learning from your study actually make in your life? Well, I aim to craft a message each week to help you understand the essential truths from the text and then really grab hold of how that truth can impact your life in meaningful, relevant, and practical ways. 
You may be wondering, why did you choose the Psalms? Great question. I chose the Psalms because they are emotionally expressive. Over the last three years, almost four now, I have been analyzing my thought life and discovering how to take every thought I think captive. And there you get our title here, Choose to Think. I have learned that my thoughts control my emotions and subsequently my actions. The Psalms are emotion rich, but they always, always come round to the truth of who God is and who God says we are. Although some of the Psalms may start with lament and a bit of despair, they always and consistently end in praise and adoration. Over this year, we will also tap into gratitude and how this single mindset is a game changer when it comes to emotional health and wholeness. I hope to have a few guests on the podcast to share their perspective on having a grateful heart. Many of you could probably quote this Psalm 23 or parts of it by heart. It is commonly used for funerals and in times of great grief or crisis because of its comforting nature and the takeaways. This is the perfect Psalm to begin our new year, wouldn't you say? Stay with me as we unpack the beauty and boldness found in this Psalm. Open your heart and mind to ways that you can apply these biblical truths and let these truths lead you into action. Let's get started. First, listen carefully as I read to you from the NASB, this psalm, which was penned by the shepherd boy David, turned shepherd king of Israel. He knew a bit about being a shepherd, and he knew about needing one as well. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He restores my soul. He guides me in the paths of righteousness for His name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You have anointed my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely goodness and loving kindness will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Each time I read these verses, I am humbled, yet flooded with peace. I let go of fears, and I am encouraged. As we unpack this passage, let me tell you a story of something that happened to me a couple of years ago. Actually, a little bit more than that. It was the spring of 2016. I was overwhelmed with busyness. I felt so out of sorts in my faith, a bit lost with wayward sinful behavior and attitudes. I felt myself sinking into a deep depression as I felt heartless and spent, discouraged and downtrodden. Also, menopause was knocking at my door, begging entrance, and my body was adjusting to this change as well. 
Fortunately, this depression caused me to begin my journey to eradicate toxic thinking, and my life drastically changed for the better. I was so blessed to spend that summer abroad, and I returned to the States feeling refreshed and satisfied. Now, fast forward to the fall of 2017, a little over a year later. I had dipped back into negative mindsets and attitudes. Life just was not working out as I thought it should. I felt deeply saddened and a bit disgruntled with God, my shepherd, because events he could control, he didn't seem to. That fall, I was running hither and yon as an adjunct instructor at several universities. I left early each morning laden with all the different bags and totes for each institution where I would be teaching. I stocked wheat bagels and apples and diet cokes in my car for lunches in advance. Man, was I hustling big time just to rub a few nickels together. Well, the morning was October the 4th. It was a crisp, bright, and sunny Wednesday. As I was crossing a busy intersection in Versailles, Kentucky, a lady ran the red light, going about 60 miles an hour and T-boned the driver's side of my Toyota Corolla at the wheel well, sending me spinning clockwise for several rotations. I suffered two fractured bones, a few bruises, vertigo, and disorientation. I had the life scared out of me, really. I even struggled to breathe at that moment. My relatively new car was totaled, and I found myself in a boot and a sling and not able to drive for at least a month. You see, my life had been zipping along at mock speed, and it came to a sudden drastic halt within seconds. Spiritually, at first, I felt so grateful that God protected me from what could have been a fatal accident. I was relieved that the woman who hit me as well as her son were both going to be okay. The woman had broken her arm and needed surgery. She admitted fault, so the police report was accurate, and insurance, although it took well over a year to settle out, at least it covered all the material issues. A very kind lady at Asbury University, where I was teaching at that time, wrote me the sweetest note after my accident, and she quoted Psalm 23. She said that God had made me lie down. You see, at that time, as I've said, my agenda was not God's agenda for me, not exactly anyway. I was bullheaded, determined, strong-willed, productive, type A, don't stop, keep going, Work was my comfort, but unwittingly it brought me considerable discomfort. I hid in my work, proving to the world I was successful. But God was saying to me, lie down. And it wasn't just a come and sit a spell, as we say in Kentucky, kind of deal. Nope. It was a stop. Lie down and stretch completely out. In God's presence, we are fully exposed and extended. There is no area left unrevealed. God wanted to restore my soul. He wanted to turn my desires, passions, and emotions back toward Him. He wanted me to drink deeply of His living water, to enjoy the scenery, to inhale, and to trust Now, before we jump into what happened after my accident, as well as the practical applications and the steps we can take, let's take a quick break from our sponsor. 
The psalmist David had been a shepherd as a young boy, but in this psalm, he recognizes his need for a personal shepherd. Pull this thought upward to the entire nation of Israel and David's cry for all to trust the great shepherd. The psalm starts and ends with the word Yahweh, which means Lord. It is the proper name of the God of Israel. God has his eyes on nations, countries, communities, families, individuals, you. His love song here has deeply personal and individualistic applications and also a much wider spread for an entire nation. Are you shepherding yourself, friend? If so, it might be time to lie down. Okay, so what are three action items, those practical pivot points that you can make this week to set the tone for the year ahead? Number one, track your time. Take a moment to analyze how you are spending your most precious commodity. What is the temperature of your emotional and spiritual thermostat at this moment when it comes to your time? Are you overworked and feeling haggardly? What do your loved ones say to you about your lifestyle? Just for a few days, why don't you keep an hour-by-hour time journal, carefully logging what you're doing each day? Then examine the journal to see where you need to slow down and reprioritize. Do you have scheduled time for you each day? Do you have reserved quiet and reflective time? Are you studying God's word and praying on a regular basis? Do you have the positive attitude when it comes to prayer and meditation that you don't have to, but rather you get to? Can you approach your heavenly father with joy, not with dread or out of legalistic obligation? When you track your time, determine if you are being led and guided by God. Are you walking or are you running 90 miles an hour with no rest in sight? If so, it might be a really good time for you to track your time. And this brings us to practical action. Item number two, search your soul. Okay, examine your passions, your appetites, your desires, your emotions, all important elements of your very soul. When God leads us in the paths of righteousness, these paths are like entrenchments or tracks. They're fixed. Well, friend, have you bumped your way out of these tracks in any way at all? Basically, are there any known areas of sin in your life? God reproved me and rebuked me in loving ways. Am I suggesting that he punished me with this accident, this car accident? Mm -mm, Absolutely not. That is not God's character. In love, he allowed this event in my life. Suffering was a wonderful gift that he gave me to reorient me and turn me in a better direction on straight paths that he designed for me to tread despite any gloominess or darkness or any measure of toxic things. Thinking. A week or so after my accident, my son Matthew and I drove over to the tow lot where my Corolla was sitting. Before I signed off on the title, I wanted to do one more search of the vehicle to make sure we had gotten everything from every little nook and cranny. I was stopped dead in my tracks when I pried open the driver's side door, and in the seat was one of my scripture cards of all things. 
A part of my detox, my brain journey had been to focus and meditate on Bible verses. I started that journey the year before. You see, I would write or type verses on note cards and stick them around in my car, on my bathroom mirror, at my work desk, just so I could let these truths penetrate into deeply into my mind. As just as I wanted them in there, I wanted to see them at all times. The scripture on that tiny card in my car seat happened to be Acts 3.19. Quote, I have repented and turned to God so that my sins were wiped out, that times of refreshing may come from the Lord. Boy, I studied that verse and discovered that the word refreshing means recovery of breath. You know, when you keep running for so long, you will run out of breath. And you know what? I got the breath knocked out of me all right, both literally and figuratively. Literally, the smoke, the exhaust fumes, airbag powder had just filled my cabin. I felt like I was choking to death. I was so disoriented, shocked, and I was in pain. I could hardly move. You see, that's what sin does to us spiritually. The lighting seems to fade around us. Our bones kind of wither up and dry out. We cower away from and avoid God in our shame. We grow hungry and thirsty. Yet, His great message to us, no matter our predicament, is always the same. Come to me, all who are weary. I will give you rest. And when you come, you come as you are. I will make you lie down right here, right now. You will find rest. You will find water. You will find air to breathe. So friend, track your time and search your soul today. Are you in a dance fast as you can rut? Or are you empowered by God's spirit to dance with him on that path of righteousness? And this brings us to action item three. Face your fears. Hey, if your best friend were to ask you, what are your top three fears? How would you respond? In the verse, I fear no evil, the word evil also means distress, misery, injury, and calamity. Today just might be a good day for you to isolate your top fears, nail them down, get to the roots, and begin the habit of replacing those fearful thoughts with God's truth instead. If you'd like help on how to do that, please visit my website for freebies that will take you through the steps of isolating toxic thoughts and replacing them with truth. As I pondered Psalm 23 after my accident, I know that my shepherd was guiding me. The enemy of my soul would have loved to have deceived me, to have lied to me, to, to whisper accusations in my ear. Thank goodness I had started on my journey to choose to think the year before. The foundation was set to battle my ugly foe. I was a bit better prepared to wage war. You see, our enemy has no room to gloat. How amazing it is to invite this enemy to a table so that he can see that my cup, my heart is full to overflowing with God's grace, God's mercy, and God's love. My thoughts are 
anchored around God's great love for me, a love that follows me, indeed that pursues me every single moment of every single day. We are also given that great promise to live in God's house forever. The word for house was first used in Genesis 6.14. Now guess what this passage is about. Noah and the ark. The ark, a small house, a provision of safety. Maybe you are feeling like you are in the storm of your life. You may be drowning in the flood or feel like you're drowning. Please take heart, friend. You are not alone. Come, lie down, rest, and restore right here in God's house. Now you, friend, how would you like to start this new year? Pause for a moment to, number one, track your time. Number two, search your soul. And number three, face your fears. From this psalm, remember these wonderful and hopeful truths for you. The Lord is your shepherd. God and His grace are sufficient for you. God is your provider. He leads you and restores your aching, weary soul. You are never alone. You can choose to back up against God's goodness and love. God is with you forever. And now our quote of the week. It comes from Calvin's commentaries about Psalm 23, and I read, quote, It is as if the psalmist had said, I do not live for the mere purpose of living, but rather to exercise myself in the fear and service of God and to make progress daily in all the branches of true godliness. End quote. In other words, after you are filled to overflowing with all of God's goodness, step out, move forward, progress, work out your salvation. I know sometimes you may think, geez, I just need to make it through this month, this week, today. We've all been there. But just remember that your living has purpose that is far more significant than simply surviving. You can do it. Now let's pray. Father in heaven, please bless this listener with tangible proof of your existence, your love, your provision and guidance. Make them take time to lie down and to enjoy that quiet place of peace and restoration. Help them to search their very souls and to do life your way on the path you have laid out for them. Expose their fears and help them to face them. Teach them to choose to think thoughts that are truthful and healthy. Amen. Thank you so much for tuning in. I'm so grateful for you. Check out the show notes below and please stay connected. Also visit my website and click the podcast tab to get some downloadable free worksheets to help you execute the practical application exercises of tracking your time, searching your soul, and facing your fears. Connect with me on www.startwithagratefulheart.weebly.com. Start with a Grateful Heart on Facebook. That's my group. I'd love for you to join our that, that group. And Victoria D. Walker on Instagram. Dios primero y que Dios te bendiga. Chao.